Welcome to Tenet Men. Welcome to Tenet Men. I am your host, Steve, and I am joined by Kevin, and together we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 high, epic high-concept time travel film, Tenet. We are doing a minute-by-minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movement. I am on the red team moving forward through the film, and Kevin is on the blue team traveling in reverse. Kevin, how are you? I'm good. I think I'm back on the uh, train that uh, this movie is pretty good. <laughs> In the course of this project, every now and then I'm like, God, I hate this movie. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my last couple of rewatchings and my taking notes, I was like, no, 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 this all this all checks out. Uh, <laughs> we talked about this last week, the uh, like the sideshow Bob effect, right? Like if you if you watch something initially, you like it and then you watch it some more, you start to dislike it. But then if you watch it enough, you start to like it again. Mm-hmm. And now it sounds like you're coming, you're boomeranging, you're coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. Just speaking of things I, I forgot that were really fucking awesome. Um is uh, my my son's recently discovered Indiana Jones movies, binged the first three in one weekend, and uh, yeah, pretty <laughs> all first three still hold up. Great films. Uh, the first and third are great films. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, dude, you got to revisit the do. You got to go back to the Temple of Doom, man. I mean, I know there's bad cultural representation in there, and I'm not saying that's great. You know. And it's not even a product of its time. <laughs> like we, like, come on, nobody ate Indian food is delicious, and they're like eating bugs in that movie. But uh, I mean, all the action is still fun. All right, all right. I will. Uh, I need to give it a, a re. I, I mean, I liked it as a kid, actually. So I need to give it a revisit. You Just, didn't watch uh, Crystal Skull Dinosaur Alien thing, did you? Uh, no, th- I think we're gonna watch it like as a joke. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've seen it, by the way. I, yeah, I definitely have not seen it. Maybe my worst theater experience in my adult life. <laughs> okay. In my whole life, actually. That, um, yeah. I went to go see that alone. I imagine you were, you must, you, you were Indiana Jones growing up. Yeah. yeah. Worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you must've been, you must've been pretty heartbroken by that mm-hmm. train wreck. It, yeah. It was interesting actually. Also like, I was like, oh, I have it on VHS and DVD. And then I put it, the DVD in and I was like watching it going, this is a terrible picture. Uh, <laughs> if, do you have, do you own a VCR? Yeah. Wow. In the basement hidden from my wife where every, every like two years when we do a clean out, she's like that and the VHS tapes need to go. And then I just move it to another location <laughs> in the house that she doesn't know about. I love it. Uh, I love watching just the first five minutes because I love seeing other trailers of movies oh, yeah. that are long forgotten to time. <laughs> that was the best part. Yeah, forced to watch the trailers. Uh, I loved trailers as a kid. So yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Uh, well, here we are. Uh, episode 30, if you can believe it. Um, hitting the you know one hour of content covered on, wow. the, on the Tenet Men show. So pretty amazing. Do you have Tenet on, on VHS? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to find one of those channels that like like make cut like '90s trailers out of modern day movies. 
I I actually really love those. Yeah. Uh, someone had to have done that, right? It's got to be out there. Yeah. We have to find that. <laughs> um, well, let's jump into it. Uh, yeah. I am at the uh, minute marker 29.21 to 30.21. We are at dinner with Kat. We had that awkward transition from <laughs> art <laughs> studio to dinner without skipping a beat in the conversation. And I have a really interesting minute here in that um, it picks up mid-stare. Cat has these really long pauses and stares, pretty intense. Um, and this entire minute is just Cat talking. So oh. it's a little bit of a monologue, if you will. Okay, this might tie into some things in my minute. So I'm interested to hear this conversation. I very well might. So let's do it. At 2921, we are still staring. <laughs> uh, and I went back and I went back twice and timed the stare, actually. Uh, and it's six seconds, <laughs> which if you it's think an about eternity it, in this movie, <laughs> that's exactly what I wrote down. Right. In a movie that seemingly never slows down, this feels exceptionally long. <laughs> um, we've we've gone to different two different countries within six minutes in this movie probably right? yeah oh yeah easily easily so we've got this six six second stare down um and the 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 cause of the stare was something along the line and i could go back to last week's notes but i'm not going to it was something along the lines of uh the protagonist said you know typically millionaires aren't okay with being cheated out of any of their money mm-hmm um, so finally, after the six second stare down, Kat says, the drawing is a hold over me. Okay. Another five second pause and stare. No joke. <laughs> Timed it. That's exactly how long it is. Uh, and then she continues. He threatened me with the police prison, the works. He controls me, my contact with my son, everything leaving would never have been easy, but now it's impossible. You can't fight. Just beg. Uh, some more pauses in there. And then she says, in Vietnam, I tried to love him again. All right, that was 40 seconds. Wow. That whole thing was 40 seconds. That's how much pausing and staring there is. Um, and it's mostly on Cat. There's like one cut away to the protagonist who's listening intently. That brings us to 2957. And we actually cut to Vietnam. Uh, so oh, yeah. as, she, as she says, in Vietnam, I tried to love him again. So we cut to that. Uh, she says, though... If there was love there, he might. Oh, I, I thought if there was love there, he might give me back my son. We sat on that bloody boat watching the sunsets, imitating some earlier time in our lives, uh, which is actually a pretty cool line uh, now that I rewatch this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Im- imitating some earlier time in our lives because she imitates this time again. I think that's got to be intentional, right? That's a pretty well, good line. Well, also, we know that this is the time he returns to. So he returns to relive that time too. Oh my gosh. You're right. You're right. They both do. They both do. Yes. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's pretty it's good. Almost, yeah. It, it, yeah. That, that's see these little moments where I'm like, awesome. Great movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, well done. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, so she continues. He seemed happy, so I asked him, and he made me an offer. He'd let me go if I agreed never to see my son again. Mm -hmm. And she says, I expressed myself. 
in which she smashes the bowl of raspberries. Um, yeah, smashes some raspberries. And then she says, I took Max ashore. And that's the end of my minute. That's it. That's the ah. whole thing. It's so... Uh, wow. It's an intense minute, actually. Uh, because, you know, the dialogue is emotional and it's meaningful and, you know, the pauses for dramatic effect uh, when you, like, slow down and really watch this frame by frame. Uh, it is intense. But, yeah, yeah. Not, not a whole lot to said. Yeah, and it's always, like... Um interesting like uh, even to think about like you know the moments in your own life where something something changed in a relationship and if you can go back and fix it somehow <laughs> yeah it's like oh i'd like to go back and you know i don't know not not say that to that person or something like that not smash the raspberries not yeah or maybe i just should have kept my mouth shut at that moment <laughs> or something you know or like maybe i should have took that deal or maybe I should have. Well, she should have, because as we discussed last week, he's dead anyway. Take the deal, wait it out, and then go get your son. And But then the world ends. She doesn't know that. No, but then she's eventually burdened with that knowledge. And does it end? We don't We don't know that either. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, I, I, I tend to think the algorithm does nothing. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, it's an interesting, interesting concept. And also the fact that both people want to return to that moment as if they did, they, they both want to experience it, even though they know it's fake and, but they also want to redo it somehow. Yeah. Hmm. The, as they, she describes as the last moment there, it was the last moment they were both happy, even yeah. though she was pretending and he's been kind of pretending the whole time. I don't, I Unclear. feel like, I feel like. Well, no, I think he's a narcissist, so he's never oh, pretending. Yeah. I think he's just he's just, you know, uh loving every moment for himself. I think she I think she was genuine, right? She's genuine yeah. when she says I thought if there was love, he might give me my son back. Was she mm-hmm. like I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe yeah, okay, so maybe. Then he, we sat he's on such that. A nar- he's such a narcissist that there's no difference to somebody actually being in love with him and pretending to be in love with him. Right. It doesn't matter to him. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, if you're just, just play, if you're just playing your role, I don't care uh, how you feel internally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Hmm. Fascinating. We're going to revisit this topic uh, soon. Like right now. No, we have some other stuff to talk about. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I think first. blue, blue team is up. Blue team is up. I just have to make sure I'm on the right page here. I'm f- going backwards in the book, flipping backwards. <laughs> I, uh, I just need to invert the book and then I can, it'll be easy to read. Uh, so I'm at one hour, 54 minutes, 21 seconds. We're at the end of a conversation between the protagonist and Ives on the deck of the trawler. Okay. That they're on. They're both in the, um, you know, the little oxygen masks that they put on you when you go to the dentist or whatever. Um, and they're so distorted. You can't tell who's saying what the first time you go through this because <laughs> you can't pick up Ives accent through the garbled. And so Can barely understand him when he's not covered. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, rewatching this film with subtitles on uh, is so much better. Uh, so much of a better experience. Uh, second time around. Okay, so the Paranax just talked about something about uh, what they know about 
the third act, basically what they, what's where, what we need to do, uh, where the, um, drop the dead drop is where they're going to put the algorithm to hide it for centuries. Uh, so it travels into the future. And then I've said, then we'd better pull it out of that hole before the bomb goes off. A, A, <laughs> which is not in the script, but Ives adds a little vernacular in there. That's a uh, Canadian for okay. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> and then we uh, cut to a very cool uh, scene where the protagonist is in line at the turnstile. Uh, and this is a pretty badass turnstile. Now, I'm guessing, I never thought about this, but I'm guessing it's on the ship. I, yeah, I was wondering where this, because it, I don't, I don't think it is. No. Uh, okay. Let me explain. He's like, okay. So we were just talking on the deck of the ship with Ives. We then see him standing in line for the turnstile. And then we have a conversation with Cat. Uh, At the end of that conversation, we see the protagonist get on a helicopter and leave the ship. We so unless they docked somewhere, and then you know half the people got off, went through the turnstile. Well, they'd all have to go through the turnstile. Well, the, shoot. I do wonder the, about this turnstile. Like, like, I feel like there's not a there's no explanation for these because, you know, earlier in the movie, later in time, they talk about access to turnstiles, right? Mm-hmm. Like the one at the Freeport, um, yeah. and like you know, we oh we didn't have access to that turnstile three weeks ago, right? Yes. Now all of a sudden we're kind of three weeks back again, and they have these turnstile that can send armies through. <laughs> yeah, multiple people, like four. Right. Cro- I think it's like four across. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> and I really like this the dynamics of this where you come out on the bottom and the the proving window yes. is the floor. I love it. No, no, yeah. it's, it's cool. It's awesome. Uh, it, it, it ruins continuity in the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, because it's also mobile. Like, they could take it places, right? That's pretty cool. Right. I mean, that's what you'd want, right? Literally moving through space and time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but maybe they just gained access to it in some other... <laughs> I don't Some know. Some other convoluted way. Maybe um, they, maybe because they got access to the one at the Freeport, they were able to build it. Oh, like they, they needed like one final piece. They just needed to like reverse but, engineer. Yeah, but one like one final thing. They didn't reverse engineer this thing in like a matter of days, right? But maybe they like, just needed one thing. Like that would be a whole movie in itself. We just need to know how the flux capacitor works so we can. <laughs> this is this is actually the secret plot of Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah, oh, I've, I've seen that. That like Oppenheimer is a secret pre- prequel to this movie. <laughs> to which I say, I don't think so. I think he's doing something. He's never, he, he doesn't go back to the well unless he's forced to. No, I don't think so. And he's done historical movies before. He has. I uh, just a quick tangent. I got mm-hmm. sucked in on YouTube, like to a quote-unquote trailer teaser for Oppenheimer, and I watched it, and I'm like, oh my god, this is this looks amazing. And then I realized it was fake. Yeah, you get like one scene. You're like, wait a second, that's right. Yeah, that's from Indiana Jones when he blows up in the refrigerator. It, you know, looked, or something. <laughs> it looked so legit, though. <laughs> Some people was, are better at it than others. <laughs> I was, I was so fooled. I gotta find it and send it to you because, like, it's got mm-hmm. like Michael Caine voiceover, and I'm like, oh yeah, this uh, is it. this is real. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
and he's like reading a poem, but not like the Interstellar poem. It's a different one, and so like oh. I, I didn't think anything of it. I don't is know, it man. is it uh, Rudyard Kipling's If? That's my favorite poem that he reads. Oh, I don't know on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> if you haven't I seen it, <laughs> uh, just on YouTube, look up uh, uh, Michael Caine If. I didn't know and Michael Keane. To... I didn't know he regularly reads poems. I didn't know that was a thing he does. <laughs> he did this one, and he he out of the park. Uh, All right. <laughs> it's like two minutes. It's beautiful. All right, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Uh, so again, okay. So uh, back to the the film. I just really cool turnstile. I like the mechanics of this, the way it looks, anyway. Um. So he's standing in turnstile. He looks down. We don't see him in the proving window. We see the guy in front of him, and they're just kind of like mo- like moving into it and disappearing, as as you do in a in a proving window. Yeah. You see yourself walk backwards. It's an assembly it. line of inversion. Oh no, you see yourself coming out of it, right? Uh, you, well, it depends which way yeah. you're going. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's correct. Um, yes, that's okay. Yes, they are. That's that's why it makes sense because they are currently inverted because they have the masks on. Right. So if you're inverted going into a turnstile, then you both go in at the same time. You, that's right. That's why you have the proving window, because you're watching your other self waiting for the right. moment to jump in. Right. Um, we have no idea what would happen if you <laughs> screw that up. I would love to see like, what the no, consequences of that are. It could be so cartoonish, right? Like I'm going in. No, oh, no, just kidding. <laughs> also, I wonder if the protagonist looked down and saw himself and then saw himself walk off because then he looks over and he sees Cat. Mm, yeah so he looks so that's the next thing he sees cat and she is in a bubble room because she doesn't have a mask on um it would be cool if like he all of a sudden saw like his his self like tying his shoe and then go oh what's that over there and reverse walks or something and then he goes oh what did i do oh i did that i went i went over there (laughs) yeah that would be uh that's me rewriting the movie in my head and then we get into quickly into a dialogue scene with Kat. And I find their conversation very interesting from the first line of dialogue spoken by Kat. She sees the protagonist coming in. He takes off his respirator. She immediately asks, where's Neil? AKA Max. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's not Max. It's not Max. Well, I'm open to interpretation. I think more. It's Um, impossible. We've already, I've already proved this, but I, I, I think Okay, even if he's not, I think he thought it would be this would be a good idea, and then he like erased half of it out of the script. Um, because thematically, stuff like this really makes sense. Also, the they both have the same dialect of English accents. Um, I know, and the blonde hair yeah, and the yeah. blonde hair, yeah. So, so whatever. I do think it's poetic. But then they were like, oh, it doesn't make sense for this reason or that reason. They scrubbed half of it and they left it up like the spinning top at the end of, you know, it's open to interpretation by the viewer. But she immediately asks, where's Neil? Protagonist says he must have gone through. Um, And then she says, I didn't get to say goodbye. This is goodbye, isn't it? To the protagonist. Right. We're not going to we're not going to see each other. Uh, again. Um, and then he goes on to say, oh, I'm getting my notes confused. 
I thought you were just trying to yeah. impersonate some serious cat pauses <laughs> here. <laughs> there are some pauses in here, but the dialogue moves pretty well. And uh, the protagonist says, I'd like to say, you don't have to do this. And then she goes on to say, I'm going back and forth because I only wrote down what order they say what parts of the script. in." <laughs> and she says, the worst thing Andre ever did to me was that offer to let me go if I never saw my son. This is very uh, palindromatic. Yeah. Because I told you about the offer in my minute and now you are coming bringing it right back up like again and then we go back to there's a flashback uh her smashing the raspberries again like cuts quick cuts of it this is wild this is yeah this it's lining up this is what we this is why we're here this is what we're here to uncover (laughs) Mm -hmm. just uh and then she says I don't know if I hate him more for the things he's done or because he knows that about me that I was, and she mentions, um, Oh wait, I screwed up. So first she says, uh, first she says, you know, I shouted, I swore, but I considered it. Right. That's like the worst part she says, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then she says, that's when I don't know what, uh, I hate him more for the things he's done or because he knows that about me. He saw it in my face in an instant that she right. was considering it, but she didn't take it. Right. Because as we know from your minute, um, in the original timeline of events, she comes back, she pretends they watch the sunset together, the three of them. Yes. Um, and this one, we know um, that she's going to come back and play it up like as an interlude in between the part where she comes back to watch the sunset with him. And um, he is replacing himself. Uh, what do you mean? Okay. I'm getting confused here now. Um, well, I, okay. I'm about done uh, with uh, my, my, uh, the lineup. And then the next thing um, uh, they go on to talk about is um, have you ever killed anybody? Uh, where, where did she say? Um, you killed someone you hated. and it's, Yeah, you've yeah. killed somebody uh, you've hated before. Or that's what he says. You've killed somebody you've hated before. He says it's usually not personal. That's into my next minute. So I'm kind of done here. It kind of ends with the um, uh, the montage of the bowl of raspberries being smashed on the wooden deck. <laughs> I think it's also worth noting like last week in the script, you read that she gives him a kiss, but it I, actually happens in this minute in the movie. Um, n- no. Yes. yes. Okay. It kind of happens in between two pieces of dialogue and I just mixed it up in my notes. <laughs> oh, okay. But she does kiss him. You're right. It's a very quick peck on the cheek. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just a, it's just her saying goodbye. And she probably would have done the same thing to Neil. Like, thank you for saving my life. Yeah. Um, okay. So the thing I'm getting hup, hung up on is so in the original timeline of events, the Seder that she goes and watches the sunset with, with her son from her memory. Is that the Seder that kills himself? Is that the original OG Seder going through time normally? 
because the one she goes back to kill is the one that's already traveled into the future. Well, yeah, and because it, it, yeah, it's a different Seder, which is kind of, it's, it, this is, this is maybe another or Boris, right? Well, it's weird. How does he replace himself at that time on the, on the yacht? I don't know. Right. There's a lot, there's some pretty weird. Yeah. Right. That this is a whole another movie, right? Like how does, how does that whole thing go down? Right. Um, and also like, it seems like a really giant coincidence that, Oh, Seder goes back to this moment where he was happiest. Or I think they talk about that later. Um, they do talk about that in one of your future minutes. Um, that he would go back to this moment to kill himself because this is when he was happiest or something. Uh, but like he couldn't have been happiest at this moment because like they obviously fought and she smashed the raspberries. Um, <laughs> but like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just a weird coincidence that both of both this cat and this satyr are actually from the future. Um, and which coincidentally puts everyone on the same crazy timeline. I think I've got it, which is crazy. Okay. Follow me for a minute. I'm satyr. I'm a mean, like Russian misogynistic terrible father yada yada uh, you don't know yeah. that he's a terrible father actually <laughs> actually yeah we never see him with a kid <laughs> don't make us we never see that kid's face <laughs> okay um okay so i, I the, the vietnam trip's been planned for months and he knows he has to disappear at a certain time so that he can come back to this time and die he's already he's already he's three-dimensional and three-dimension chess He's already set up the opera house uh, and he's, he's setting this up as a future earmark in time. So he knows he has to disappear so that the Seder from the future can come back to this time and die. Okay. And he has not gone past this point yet. He is on, he's living his life in the normal um, progression of time. So he knows, okay. At, you know, new, well, no, it would be like, you know, eight o'clock, you know, sunset this time, I need to disappear off the yacht so my other self can come back to it because we can't be in the same place at the same time. Just before he leaves to allow that event to happen, he gives this offer to Kat. He says, hey, why don't you disappear? But you could just never see your son again. You go off, live your life. He makes this offer. He, he calls an audible at the line. And that's what sets her off. It pisses her off. She disappears, but you know, and then he disappears. So the yacht's empty. Seder comes back, or maybe he just needed her off the boat. He needed her off the boat. He manufactures this fight. She leaves, pissed off, knowing that she's coming back. He take he takes off on the boat himself. The boat's now empty. Only service crews there. Then another satyr comes in on another helicopter. And then like when he's there, the first thing he does is order the return of his wife and child. That way they can do the switcheroo. The boat was empty. That's it. That's why that happens. So it's always, it's always the satyr who's about to kill himself. That's on that boat. Um, but, however, how does she have a memory of the other satyr? Yeah. I don't, that, that feels like a reach, man. That feels like a reach. Okay, I, 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 nobody can blame me for trying. I put no. the most amount of effort I could into <laughs> closing that loop. <laughs> I think, um, I think this is just nonsense that we have to go with. <laughs> yeah, 
That's what I think. I think this is more tenant nonsense. Yeah, because now, like, future Cat, like, does she have a memory of both Seder coming back to the boat and Seder not coming back to the boat? Um, well, the, the cat that goes back to do this does. Yeah. But not the OG cat. No, but she would also have a memory of the original event. Maybe, maybe like this is just like a weekend pastime for Seder. He comes back to this memory every weekend. <laughs> and like, that's like, there's like, they're all tripping over each other <laughs> under, under below deck. <laughs> I like, to imagine, like, there's like a dozen Seders just like walking around, bumping into each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it's, uh, that reminds me of, uh, I used to watch the Flash TV show and at the, <clears throat> the last episode of every season, he always goes back to his mother's death. <laughs> And so, like, by the fourth season, there's, like, five of them in the same, in the same house, and they're hiding from each other. Uh, I never saw that, but... <laughs> I, I think I, I stopped at some point. It went on forever, like all those shows. <laughs> but that's just time travel. That's it, yeah. The paradox of time travel. Well, uh, there you have it, folks. <laughs> yeah, did it. <laughs> One hour of content reviewed episode 30. Uh, thank you all for listening to the Tenant Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this program, please take a moment to follow, rate, and review on whatever service you found us on. And rest assured, we will continue our temporal pincer movement of this film next week. And until then, we'll meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning, friend.